0: Hi Awesomes, it's Meg. As 2019 draws to a close, we on the Sort of Awesome team are thinking about how we can update and refresh our Patreon community. You know, we call them the superstars. We've created three different listener surveys, and we're wondering if you have just a few minutes of time to help us out with these. There's a survey if you're a current supporter of Sort of Awesome on Patreon. There's a survey if you have been a supporter in the past, but you're not currently supporting the show on Patreon. And finally, one for those who have never supported Sort of Awesome on Patreon. These surveys take just a few minutes to complete and they'll be open until December 28th. To say thank you for your time, we're giving away 3 Amazon gift cards to tell you how much we appreciate your help in being a little bit more awesome in the year to come. To find the link to the surveys, all you got to do is go to slash survey and you'll find all the information there. Again, it's slash survey Now, onto the show. Hey everyone, I'm Meg Teets and this Is sort of awesome. Hello and welcome back, awesomes. You are listening to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. We are in your earbuds every single Friday with all the awesome that you need to know. And you can find us on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show or over on Facebook in our Sorta Awesome Hangout group. This is episode 224 of Sorta Awesome. And I know many of you awesomes are making all of those lists. You're checking them twice by now. So I want to remind you that an easy way you can support Sorta Awesome is when you're shopping for those gifts, both naughty and nice this holiday season. You can shop Amazon through our affiliate link. As you know, we, as Sorta of Awesome, are Amazon associates. That means we earn a little commission from qualifying purchases on Amazon, including from our Amazon shop, but it doesn't cost you one extra penny. All you have to do is when you're headed to Amazon, open your browser and go to SortaAwesomeShow.com slash Amazon. That's going to take you right to Amazon's homepage. You do all your shopping as usual. When you check out, Amazon sends a few dollars and cents our way. It's a great way to support Sorta Awesome through the holiday season. And again, all you have to do is go to SortaAwesomeShow.com slash Amazon. All right, this is episode 224, and I am joined this week by my dear friend and longtime co-host, Rebecca Hoffer of SimplyRebecca.com. Hello, Rebecca. Season's greetings to you, my friend. Oh,
1: and happy holidays to
0: you. (laughs) Well, Awesomes, we are continuing on. In our month of holiday-inspired episodes, and this week, we thought we could just cozy up and talk about some of our favorite holiday traditions. In fact, not only are we talking about our favorite traditions from our families, we're also featuring some of yours, the awesomes, as well. In our Hangout community on Facebook, we asked, what are some of your favorite traditions, you guys? And many... Many comments later, Rebecca and I have chosen some to share with you. So we're going to get to all of that cozy holiday tradition talk here in just a few minutes. But first, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do with our awesomes of the week. It's that moment in the show where we talk a little bit about, oh, the books, the TV shows, movies, podcast products, whatever it is that's making life a little bit more awesome right now. So Rebecca, I can't wait to hear what you have for us.
1: I have a tech gadget that is totally making my life more awesome. It's such a simple thing, but it's an outlet adapter. It is by the brand Power UI. I don't know, guys. I can't handle these. Why am I always trying to pronounce crazy things on this show? The link will be in the show notes. It's a USB wall charger and outlet extender. Oh, Here is my problem. My toddler still takes a nap. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'm so happy for that. And when he does, that is a time when I get some work done. Sometimes I'll just zone out. But I often sit in this particular chair in my living room with my laptop. There is a table right there that holds an essential oil diffuser, a small lamp. I'm often needing to charge my phone. Sometimes I need to charge my laptop because it's old and the battery isn't so great. And there's only two outlets there. And I'm constantly rotating the plugs and shuffling and unplugging <laughs> and replugging. Yes. It's so annoying. Yep. Yeah. And I even thought, do we need to get like an electrician out here to solve this problem for me? Because this is just obnoxious. No, you don't need an electrician. You need Amazon. Goodness sakes. There you go. Yes. Solving our problems one purchase at a time. So I looked <laughs> it up and lo and behold, there's a simple solution that only cost me $14. Nice. Goodness sakes. Yes. So it took my wall outlet from two plugs to six plugs. Plus there's two USB plugs. Oh, great. Yes. It is a surge protector. It actually screws into the outlet. I had to take off like the front plate of my outlet and screw this in. I think that's probably more secure and maybe safer than ones that you could just like plug directly in. Like you don't plug it in. You actually like screw it in and stuff. It has a grounding plug to it, which sounds like a good thing. I'm not an electrician, but supposedly that's important. And it has tons of positive reviews. 4.5 stars with over like a thousand reviews. Oh, dang. And Meg, like, I don't have to choose now between a charged iPhone and essential oils. My life is so much better.
0: I love it. I love when there is like one simple solution for something that you have been like, oh, what am I going to do about this? And then it turns out like it literally is just that easy. Those are my favorite discoveries for sure.
1: What is your discovery for the week that you have for us? Okay.
0: I have to tell you, this is something, it did not just come into my life this week. I've been enjoying it for a couple of weeks, but. It's played a big role, actually, in our getting ready for the holiday season. And it is the app called Mercari. Are you familiar with Mercari at all? No. What is this? Okay. Well, this does seem like it's kind of up your alley because you, my friend, are so great at taking things from your house that you don't want any more decluttering and selling on Facebook, right? Is that where you do most of your selling?
1: Yes, Facebook Marketplace is what I've been using the most lately. Okay,
0: well, this is in that same genre. It's a selling app. In fact, I think that's their sort of like <laughs> subtitle is the selling app. <laughs> okay. They keep it real simple at Mercari. <laughs> and it's sort of similar to Poshmark, which is an app that I very much enjoy for shopping for gently used clothes. And sometimes you can even find brand new clothes on there. But on Poshmark, they really focus on mostly clothes. They do have some gifts and accessories, makeup, those kinds of things. But on Mercari, you can find all kinds of things. I actually first heard about it in a Facebook group that I'm in for fans of the Happy Baby Carrier, which I'm wearing right now, you guys. It's on my body almost all the time. I love this carrier. (laughs) Many people are enthusiastic about their Happy Baby Carrier. So, of course, there's a Facebook group for Happy Baby Carriers, right? So there have been some limited runs of really cute print fabrics of happy baby carriers, which sell out immediately. And people are always like scouring by sale trade boards to try to find these specific prints. So from time to time, people would mention, oh, this one's up on, you know, this app or in Facebook marketplace or on Mercari. So I was like, well, I wasn't looking for one of those particular baby carriers. I'm so happy with the one that we have. But I decided to check it out. And yeah, you can find baby carriers on there, baby toys, just all kinds of stuff. I'll tell you some of the things that I've purchased recently on there that have been really making life awesome. First of all, I was able to get for Nico a fleece baby bunting that those of you who live way farther north than us would probably have for all of your kids. This is my first real baby to have in the winter. And so, since he has to be out and about with me all the time, what?
1: Well, I don't understand what you're talking about. When you said baby bunting, I thought you meant like a flag display. Oh, no, no, like, no. I don't know what this is.
0: <laughs> you might call it like a snowsuit, maybe, but it's not that thick. It's just like one piece. Okay. You put it on your baby. It like It's one piece from their head down to their little toes, and it has flaps uh-huh. for their hands, and it okay. keeps them warm when they're outside. Sure. Okay. What do you call that? I don't know. <laughs> Okay, good. I don't feel quite so stupid right now because I'm sure that for people who live where it's legit cold, I'm sure there's a
1: name for this and people call it that.
0: I just thought this is what this sure. was called. So
1: you're probably right. I'm often <laughs> clueless about some of these things. Okay. So I got that for
0: Nico. I got a beautiful, very, very gently used wool coat for myself. But the reason that I've been shopping there a lot lately is because I guess this was last spring. We had to clean out our basement. We had a ton of stuff that had gotten some really bad water damage and we didn't know about, including our Christmas ornaments.
1: So oh, no. Yes.
0: Now, thankfully, we're not a big sentimental ornament family. We didn't lose, like, you know, years and years of sentimental ornaments. In fact, I was able to go through the box and save a lot of the ones that the girls and I guess the twins had made a few of them, too, had made through the years that were a little bit more sentimental. A lot of what we lost, frankly, was like from Hobby Lobby in the dollar store. So
1: <laughs> perfect.
0: Anyway, I was like, okay, we get to start all over on our Christmas tree. And so I came across in Mercari this set of wooden vintage Christmas ornaments, and they were so, so, so similar to some ornaments that my mom used to have on our tree when we were kids. So I thought, oh my gosh, we could totally go with a vintage ornament theme since we get to start all over. Now, you could definitely be shopping for these things on eBay or other places, Etsy. One thing I love about Mercari and why it has been so awesome is, first of all, the info for each item as you're tapping on it, I feel like the information, like the price, the condition it's in, where it's shipping from, I think it's organized really well. It's very straightforward. It's not a lot of bells and whistles. And it's totally set up so you can either buy the thing outright or make an offer. It's almost set up to where it's expected that people are going to make offers, which Rebecca,
1: okay.
0: for an obliger type like me, who just feels wildly uncomfortable making offers. Yeah.
1: Do you hate it? <laughs> I hate it so much.
0: But because Mercari like programs that in as an option, like it's an expectation that, hey, you can offer what you want on this. And of course the seller can be like, no thanks, I pass on your offer. But it's like built into the experience of Mercari that you can make offers. I have had so much fun now. I've definitely have made some offers that people were like, you know, pass or whatever. Because again, we're talking about vintage things. And I think sometimes if they're selling their own vintage things, they might have more of a sentimental reason to hang on to them. Or sometimes they're just like, you know what, I feel like these are collector's items. I can hang on to it and I can get top dollar.
1: But I've gotten- And so then did you like die inside and feel like you needed to send an apology note for your lowball offer?
0: (laughs) the first few times that happened, I actually did kind of want to be like, sorry, now I'm more used to it. And now it doesn't bother me. And plus, there's tons and tons and tons of Christmas stuff on there right now, obviously, because it's December. So if somebody passes on an offer, I can just be like, okay, and just keep shopping and find a deal that's more like what I'm looking for. Anyway, it's the Mercari app. It's really great for buying and selling things. I have some things that I'm like, I'm going to get this listed on Mercari. I have some old baby carriers that I found in my closet that I'm like, I'm not ever going to use these. I'm such a minimalist now. I'm like, I have the one holy grail baby carrier that I love. So I may as well send these other ones out to a good home somewhere where they can get used. So excellent. Yeah. It's been really fun to use. And so make a note of it for people who are going to soon be cleaning things out in the January big declutter. You might list your stuff on my car. You might be surprised what you can get Okay, so we will have links in the show notes for our awesomes of the week. Of course, we always love to hear what's awesome in your life, friends. So over on Instagram, every Friday, you can do that by finding our awesome of the week thread on Instagram, sort of awesome show over there. And of course, we're always talking about what is awesome in life in our sort of awesome hangout group on Facebook, especially every Friday when we share our awesome of the week thread. So If you haven't joined us, now's a great time to do it, especially here at the holidays. Come have fun hanging out with us this month. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash groups slash Sorta Awesome Hangout. Okay, like I said at the top of the show, this week, we're talking about holiday traditions. Some of the ones that we have enjoyed through the years as a family, we're going to talk about also a little bit. One tradition for lots of families is to do sort of community appreciation gifts, whether that's for our neighbors or teachers or, you know, people that are important in our lives, giving them little gifts at the holidays. And then finally, like I said, at the top of the show, we asked our awesomes for examples of traditions that they love, that they've created in their families. And those were so fun to read through. Before we get started, I do want to give a shout out to all of the low energy people out there like myself. For whom the crunch and crush of the holidays can feel a little stressful. We are definitely, definitely not sharing these traditions with anybody to feel like, oh my gosh, this is one more thing I should be doing. Mostly it's so you can be inspired to start something new, or maybe you just want to get that cozy holiday glow, like when you sit down to watch a Hallmark Christmas movie. Kind of like a Hallmark Christmas movie for your ears this week, right, Rebecca?
1: Exactly. Wrap <laughs> your gifts, listen to us chat.
0: That's right. Drink
1: some hot cocoa.
0: Yeah, Totally. It's a no stress thing. So we just want to share a little bit about what is awesome in our families and for other awesome families out there. So Rebecca, I would love for you to get us going into this discussion of holiday traditions. What are some of the things that come to mind for you as you think about the Hoffer family, and what you guys really look forward to every holiday season?
1: Well, one of my favorite traditions that we do is that every night at bedtime, we read a Christmas-themed book in the month of December leading up to Christmas. Oh my gosh, that's so precious. I love it. We started out with only just a few books, and so we started maybe closer to Christmas, but by now we've added more books to our collection, Plus, sometimes we check some new ones out from the library or something. And so now we can start immediately after Thanksgiving. So we have our picture book and they're picture books. They're not like chapter books. And even right. as my kids are getting older, we're still just reading a picture book that's somehow Christmas themed. And I really, really like it. The new books are fun to mix in, but my favorite is reading the same books for me every year yes. and seeing my kids. They like smile and say, oh, oh. yes, I remember this one. That's so precious. And I just think it's, yeah, it is exactly that. It's precious. Now, here is how we do it. Lots of people do this, okay? We do not wrap them. I do not wrap them because some people will wrap up the books and then maybe they'll put them and display them in a basket underneath the Christmas tree and it looks beautiful and it's so Pinteresty and it's perfect. I don't wrap them because it's less work if I don't wrap them. <laughs> <laughs> Frankly, to be candid. I don't have to go through the effort. And the other reason is because I really like to have control over which book we read every night. Uh Ah, smart lady. I like that. I like to have control because I kind of like to have a balance where we're mixing in a more serious, like nativity themed book. And then maybe the next night we're doing something a little bit more silly. Right. Also, on those late nights where we're kind of rushing to get the kids to bed because we've been up too late. I want to read a short book. I want control over when we're reading (laughs) the long books versus the short books. Yes. So I'm a control freak and I do not wrap them. This year, we are also reading through the Jesus Storybook Bible, which is an extremely popular book. That book chronicles the Bible through God creating the earth, through the Old Testament, to Jesus's birth, and then his life, the Easter story. And if you start at the beginning of the book and you read one chapter every night, then you'll lead right up to Jesus' birth mm-hmm. right at Christmas. Yes. And we've never done this before. And I really love it. So far, it's been so meaningful. The special thing about this book is that, like, through every chapter and through every Bible story that is being told, the story of Noah or you know, the story of creation, there's always like this hinting, this foreshadowing of what's to come with God's plan and Jesus coming. And oh, my goodness, I can just tell that by the end of December, I'm going to be crying, like reading this book to my kids. Oh, my gosh, it's true. Yes, yes, yes. We've read the book several times. We've never read it like start to finish. I've always maybe like pulled out like around Easter. I'll be like, okay, well, let's read it from the Jesus Storybook Bible, and we'll read some things. Or at Christmas, we've even read some things, but we've never read it start to finish. So I'm really loving that. But I have some favorite books to share with you. Awesomes, if you want to know. So my favorite nativity book is called Who is Coming to Our House? It's by Joseph Slate and Ashley Wolfe. And I love it because it's this little mouse. He announces to the barn and all of his friends that somebody is coming to the house. And he doesn't tell him who. But they all get excited and they rush to make the barn feel more homey and special and do everything they can to welcome their guests. But the mouse continues to keep a secret. Who is coming to the house? Until the very end, you see that Mary and Joseph are coming. He whispers, it's Mary and Joseph. And then the very last page is Mary holding the baby with Joseph there looking like longingly at baby Jesus and all the animals around. And The last words are, welcome, welcome to our house. And it just, oh, it just like gets to me. I'm going to start
0: crying over here.
1: Like every year I'm like, oh, can you imagine Jesus coming to our house? Mm -hmm. Welcome, welcome to our house. Oh, it's just so special and beautiful. Oh my gosh, I love it. My favorite silly book is Mrs. Wishy-Washy's Christmas by Joe Cowley. This book is just pure silly. Also, I will say that there is zero mention of Santa in the book. If that is something that is important to you, there's no mention at all. But in this book, Mrs. Wishy-Washy lives on a farm and she is telling her farm animals, you need to take a bath. Christmas is a coming and you need to take a bath. She goes out shopping for Christmas presents and the animals are like, oh, but this bath is so cold. No, let's go into the house and use the bathroom in the house and the tub in the house. They go in the house. They make a complete mess. Oh, my word. It's a disaster. She comes home. She thinks that somebody has burglarized her house. And no, it's just her farm animals sitting there by the Christmas tree, all clean and sparkly. And they have made the mess. (sighs) What is she to do? Well, she decides to have grace on them and gives them their Christmas presents anyway, but promises that next time she will heat up their water. If by all means, please stay out of the house. It's just silly. It's a fun book as an adult to read. Like there's like good rhyming words. It's just fun, pure fun. So I actually just wrote a new blog post at simplyrebecca.com where I share 15 quality nativity picture books. I'm sharing some of my personal favorites as well as some of my sister's favorites. My sister is a storytime coordinator at her public library as well as just a children's literature fanatic. And so I feel like she really brings the expert opinion here. She gathered a bunch of books for me. I shared some of my own personal favorites as well. And so we have a blog post that I will include in the show notes, of course, for lots more nativity-themed suggestions if you're looking to add to your own collection.
0: Oh my goodness, Rebecca, that was so good. That did not disappoint, and I cannot wait to go check that out. I do have to say that that is an area of children's books for whatever reason, that we just have not kept through the years. So now that I have younger ones again, I definitely need to beef up our home library with some of those selections. So I can't wait to see what all of your recommendations are for sure.
1: Well, and the best part is you can go to the library. Almost any library will have a separate section of holiday themed books. So just you can stock up there too. God bless the library. Which, by the way, we've made our triumphant
0: return to, and we're there all the time. It worked out perfectly in a lot of ways that I cleared and cleansed the bad omens around around the library for us. Longtime awesomes, you will remember that I didn't darken the door of our local public library for many years, three or four years, because I had this one book that I had checked out, got lost, we found it this whole time, Ms. Rebecca Hoffer called the Oklahoma City Public Library for me after I revealed this on the show and reported to me that it would be no more than $3 to return that book. So yes, I did. And we've been back. (laughs) And you know, what has been so awesome is I have a tutor for the twins to help them with their reading this year. She was like, why don't we meet at the library? And so we're there now, Nico and the twins and I, every Monday just loving life in the library. So, anyway, my little side tangent it had nothing to do with the holidays, but it did have to do with the glory of the public library.
1: Welcome <laughs> back to library life. I'm so happy I <laughs> could play a part in that.
0: I'm so thankful. Everybody needs a friend who will call and <laughs> for investigations that you have been putting off for shame or for whatever reasons.
1: We were on our way to vacation. We were traveling to the beach and I told my husband, I said, "Stop." <laughs> I have to make a phone call. I need to call. This is going to sound weird from my end, but I'm calling Oklahoma. I need to talk to somebody <laughs> at the library. <laughs> oh, my gosh. OK, let's try to get back onto the holiday trade track here. Yes, please. Christmas traditions. Tell me one of your favorites.
0: Well, before we move on to that, I do have some questions I'm super curious about. Because my traditions have to do more with Advent. But while we're talking about the Christmas holiday, I want to kind of compare notes a little bit. And parents who might be listening with little ears, we're going to talk a little bit about some Santa Claus stuff right now. So, you know, listen at whatever level of listening with little ears feels comfortable for you and your family. Give you a minute to kind of decide if you want to keep going or if you want to listen to this by yourself later. Rebecca, I was telling you as we were planning this show that one of the biggest Surprises to me when I was a newlywed was discovering how very different Kyle's experience growing up as a child and Christmas was from mine. I was flabbergasted when he told me how his family did Christmas as it came to presents and when you opened them. I came from a family of origin and I thought this is literally I thought this is what everybody did until I was a fully grown adult who was married and on her own. We were allowed to choose one gift from under the tree. My mother did a great job of wrapping presents, I guess, as she bought them and putting them under the tree. Of course, we'd always try to get little peeks in and get really good at like ninja tape removal (laughs) to see if we could peek and see what was under there. Oh, naughty, naughty. So naughty, I know. My (laughs) brother was the best at it, of course. We were allowed to choose one gift from under the tree to open on Christmas Eve, one. And the next morning we would wake up and there would be our Christmas stockings that came from Santa filled with little treats, mostly fruit and candy and nuts in the stockings, but a few little treats. And then there would be unwrapped presents that were from Santa. And then we could, of course, also open the rest of the wrapped presents who were from our parents and other family members. Imagine my shock and abject horror, honestly, <laughs> when <laughs> Kyle told me that in his family, they opened literally everything on Christmas Eve. Oh, Everything everything. When they woke up on Christmas morning, I think they had stockings and that was it from Santa. They had big over-the-top stockings. So by the time they went to bed on Christmas Eve evening, like
1: they had done all of their Christmas. I was like, oh, that's they're good. doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I was like,
0: that's against Christmas law. I am almost positive. But ever since that very jarring moment of realizing Mm -hmm. that not everybody does Christmas the same way. I'm always so curious, how do people do Christmas? So in the Hoffer House, what do you guys do? How do you handle this whole thing?
1: Well, typically we do zero gifts on Christmas Eve. And then on Christmas morning, there are stockings and the kids can wake up and go downstairs and open the stockings immediately, all alone. They don't have to wait for adults. The stockings are filled with toys and gifts maybe a little bit of candy but not fruits and nuts that's not happening at my
0: house this is it one apple and one orange and they were like huge apples and huge oranges i don't know where this came from but this is how my parents did it every year that's
1: a very special it's, that's really sweet and sounds a lot easier than what i, than what I do <laughs> so you have the stockings things in the stockings are not wrapped i know that some people oh right. wrap the yes. gifts that are in stockings Stockings are not wrapped Mm -hmm. and kids can wake up at their leisure, rush and do that without parents.
0: Really? Okay. This is
1: fascinating. Okay. Then once everybody's awake, there is a Christmas brunch. And then after brunch is when we open the gifts and they're all wrapped. We don't do Santa. They're all wrapped. All right.
0: So you guys don't do Santa in your family. I would love to kind of pick your brain about this a little bit. We're a casual Santa family. (laughs) I
1: get that. What does that mean to you?
0: So for us, we do tell our little ones that Santa's coming and kind of go along with the more cultural idea of Santa comes and brings presents. Now, from my husband's childhood, like his parents' big thing was they did not want their kids to think that all the good stuff came from Santa. Like they wanted credit for the good stuff. Uh (laughs) Uh-huh. And Kyle definitely still has that trait of thought. He's like, we're the ones who bought this. We're the ones who picked it out. Mm -hmm. So we don't make a big, big, big fuss over Santa, although he's around. And when our kids are old enough to want to talk about the truth about Santa, we tell them the truth. We don't try to extend Santa magic. Now, listen, I know lots of families do that. Try to make it last as long as you can. And that is lovely and beautiful. We just don't have the energy (laughs)
1: I get it. I get it. So for
0: us, we do have Santa. He just basically does the stockings on Christmas morning. Okay, sure. We typically don't open anything on Christmas Eve, although sometimes my bigger kids can kind of talk us into it. Again, we're kind of loosey goosey. But Christmas morning, we definitely do all of the opening of the presents, we do the stockings, and it is a hard and fast rule. That nothing nary a stocking shall be opened, certainly not a package unwrapped until everybody has gathered around the tree for opening up things. So it
1: starts early. Yeah. Does it start early? Do you wake up early?
0: Oh, it starts early. It starts early.
1: Okay. The stocking trick of letting them get into the stockings will gain you a couple hours of sleep. <laughs> true. That's a <laughs> good way to look at it. It's so true. Not
0: that I sleep much anyway these days with having a baby. I'm usually up before any of the kids. But I'm so curious. Okay, so you guys don't do Santa, but your kids go to public school. They're around other kids who I'm sure do Santa. How do you have that conversation with your kids about, like, it's not a thing we do in our family, but you don't want them to really, you know, be out there ruining Christmas for anybody
1: else? Sure. Right. Well, first, just a little backstory. So I took my cues mostly from my older sister in terms of how she handled Santa with her kids. I always felt like she was a little bit more like she didn't have gifts that came from Santa. I can't remember how she handled stockings. But, you know, you have to remember, my sister is 12 years older than I am. And so her first baby was born when I was a junior in high school, which was many years before I was having kids. So, A lot of my initial parenting thought processes came just from what I observed from her. And I felt like she was pretty light on the Santa. Initially, as I was thinking about having my own kids, I kind of debated what was the proper Christian thing to do. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) And now, I don't care about that at all. (laughs) I would say I have zero moral issues with Santa. I just want credit for all the gifts. (laughs) I don't care. I don't care if you go to church and do Santa. I don't care if you don't go to church and do Santa. I do not care. I just want all the credit for the gifts. (laughs) So what we tell our kids is something that I read in a blog post years ago. I wish I could give credit to it. But the author was saying that she tells her kids that Santa is a game that everyone is playing. And the rules are, you just have to play along and not ruin the fun for anyone. So when you are at the checkout line and the cashier is saying to you, oh, what are you asking Santa for for Christmas this year? She's playing the game and you just turn around and play it right back. Oh my gosh, that's so smart. That's so smart. I wish I could take credit for it. I can't. (laughs) I can't give the stores either. I don't know who said it. So that's how we go about it. And so every year I kind of remind the kids. Now, I don't know what they're saying on the playground. Oh, Please, please don't let my kids be the jerks. But (laughs) I try to remind my kids, hey, it's a game. Some of the kids really believe in the game. You just got to let it go. Don't ruin the game for anybody. So we don't make a point to visit Santa, but we also don't like avoid him. We read picture books that talk about Santa. On Christmas Eve, we always read Twas the Night Before Christmas, just like my dad read to me every year. We even set out cookies and milk, but it's all with the understanding of this is just for fun. We're just playing along. None of it is under the assumption that it's real. Like We're not like feeding into the realness, the magic of it. It's just all for
0: fun. That is so smart. I love it. It lets your kids have fun with it, too. But... You get to offer you guys this family's perspective on it. That is so smart. And I know lots of families who don't do Santa do it really well. My sister-in-law, Kyle's sister, they have five kids as well. Their oldest is turning 23. So they're quite a bit older than our kids. But even so, they didn't do Santa, but they knew we did. And they were so good about, they never breathed a word of anything when we had family Christmas together with them. So You know, there's tons of ways to do it and families all figure it out together. But I'm super loving the idea that it's just a game and we're all in on it and don't ruin it for anyone. So great. Okay, well, so for our family, I'll say this. We are not big tradition people in general. In fact, I'm gonna share with you one thing. So we had this very long thread in the Hangout group with people sharing their favorite family traditions. I relate so much to Awesome Julie who said, Our tradition is to not have too many set traditions so we can be flexible every year. I also get overwhelmed easily and don't want to have to add too many have-tos to my plate. So awesome, Julie. I see you. I relate. That is kind of how we are too. We're pretty low-key on tradition. But I will say that we gave ourselves permission to really change up how we were doing the holiday season a couple of years ago. So although we kind of had a mishmash of traditions before that, Now we're really, really focusing in on the Advent season and then taking that into celebrating the season of Christmas according to the church calendar. And so we start with Advent whenever Advent begins, the four Sundays before Christmas. And Kelly and I just recently just talked about this on last week's episode of Sort of Awesome, but just really emphasizing this idea of a gradual getting to Christmas through longing and waiting and the feeling of what it's like to really be waiting for something and not have it happen all at once. So this is probably our most controversial thing is we no longer put up our Christmas tree on Thanksgiving weekend. We wait until later in Advent. We put the tree up, don't decorate it, don't turn the lights on, but put the tree up probably about the third Sunday of Advent. As we get closer to Christmas, then we'll turn the lights on or we'll decorate it. And then Christmas Eve, turn the lights on and keep the lights on through the 12 days of Christmas that follow. But we do little things sprinkled in along the way. For example, as you and I are recording, today is St. Nicholas Day. And so St. Nicholas is a very important part of our family. He was my husband's confirmation saint when we were received into the Catholic Church. And obviously, he's the namesake saint for Nico for our five-month-old. And so we are having a huge feast day celebration as a family today on St. Nicholas Day. We started out the day with gold coins, gold chocolate coins, and German cookies. And we put the stockings up. So that's like the first marker that we're getting a little bit closer to Christmas. We put the stockings up on St. Nicholas Day. We'll have a big feast tonight, a big meal, and just celebrating St. Nicholas all day and telling the story of the real St. Nicholas who was a bishop back in the 4th century who had the spirit of generosity and it's because of St Nicholas that we have stockings do you know the St Nicholas stocking story I don't no so legend has it of course with the saints from the church from those very early centuries some of the stories are a little hard to verify we didn't have recorded history quite as accurately as we do now but the legend goes that St Nicholas who was a bishop a leader in the church at the time knew of a family that had three daughters, I think, two or three daughters. The dad of the family had passed away, and the daughters were going to have to basically, to be polite, you could say given in marriage, but kind of more of a monetary arrangement of getting the daughters out of the house. And they were young for them to be able to survive because there wasn't any money. And so the bishop, the good bishop, had heard about this, and He wanted to get some money to the family. So he was walking along and he tossed bags of gold coins, real gold coins, not the chocolate ones, real ones, into the chimney of their house. And they landed in the stockings that were hanging by the fire to dry. And that is why we hang up stockings at Christmas. And so we talk about and read books about and really celebrate the real person that St. Nicholas was. And we really emphasize that he is A real person. And then just through the rest of the season, of course, every Sunday at church, it's really emphasized. And just this gradual movement towards the actual day of Christmas is really important to us. And then when we get to Christmas, so on the liturgical calendar, Christmas begins at midnight on December 24th and it lasts until January 5th, which in this, where we get the idea of the 12 days of Christmas. So we've started a new tradition in our family of doing something fun on each of those 12 days of Christmas. And this has been really a relief to me because first of all, it gives us something to do and look forward to while the kids are home on Christmas break (laughs) or on winter break from school. And since it is winter break from school, we're not going and doing all of the things that you have to go and do in the lead up to Christmas or to the holiday break when your kids are in school. So that's been really fun. And we leave the tree up, leave it lit, do all of the celebrating and make those 12 days of Christmas that's the actual season of Christmas on the liturgical calendar. A lot of fun and something for the kids to look forward to.
1: I remember us having a conversation about this shift that you were doing in like your decorating and you're celebrating and, you know, it being focused on the actual calendar year and stuff. I remember at first being like, oh, but that kind of takes the fun out of it. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, the Christmas tree thing. Yeah, it's a little controversial. But I remember back even from that conversation and right now hearing you say all this again, how fun it is for your family to really dig deep in those 12 days while your kids are home from school. How much fun it must be for you guys to be like really focused in on Christmas. Because I think sometimes when we're trying to do like the Christmas movie nights and stuff and all these other things, before Christmas, sometimes then maybe after Christmas, we're kind of like, maybe we're a little Christmas out by this point. But it does sound fun. I don't know if I can see myself fully converting to all the things that you're doing. But I really do appreciate the idea of really pushing into all the fun afterwards and giving yourself freedom to ignore some of those fun things that you could be doing or should be doing beforehand.
0: Yeah, that's how it has really worked. And we are building new traditions every year. And so, like I said, we just totally gave ourselves permission to change it up. It was hardest for our girls who, of course, had had many years of celebrating the sort of traditional way starting Thanksgiving weekend. It's still a little bit of a struggle for them, I'll be honest. But I think as we begin to add new fun traditions every year, then they know that there's stuff that they can anticipate and expect and look forward to and have fun throughout the season of Advent before we get to Christmas, and then that we'll have tons of fun during the Christmas season once Christmas gets here. So that has been a big, big change for us. So speaking of all of the things leading up to the actual Christmas holiday for people who celebrate Christmas, or even if you don't, if you're celebrating Hanukkah or Kwanzaa or any of the other end of the year celebrations, or if you just celebrate Christmas because it's just fun, it doesn't necessarily have a spiritual component to you. One thing that unites all of us this time of year, I think, is that we're giving gifts to people, not just our family and friends, but Rebecca, you used this word, the community appreciation gifts. I love that phrase because it really covers, you know, getting the teachers their gifts, getting gifts for our neighbors or making gifts for neighbors, reaching out to people who play an important role in your life or in the life of your family through the year and giving them a little token of appreciation. So I thought we maybe we could talk just a little bit about that before we get into some of the awesome's favorite traditions. You are one of the most practical people I know for really being able to come up with creative, fun gifts that do not cost a ton of money. So I would love to hear what some of your favorite community appreciation gifts are that you give to people in your life.
1: Well, we started giving neighbor gifts a few years into our marriage after we had bought our house. And at that time, money was tight. I went to Pinterest and it was inspiring. And that's where we came up with frugal pun gifts being our thing. (laughs) You love a pun, Rebecca. And I love that about you. (laughs) I do. I do. I love a good pun. Yes. I'm unapologetic about it. They're just like one of the best things about language. I just love them so much. Okay. So the very first year, we gave bottles of Sprite, the soda pop. We gave bottles of Sprite with a note that said, may your Christmas be merry and Sprite. (laughs) Now, I didn't come up with these. Okay. This is all thanks to Pinterest. Since then, here are some other ones that we've given. We've given a box of muffin mix with a note saying, you're getting muffin for Christmas. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. We gave wrapping paper with a note that said, we hope you are getting wrapped up in the spirit of the season. Uh Uh-huh. We've given hand soap with a note saying, wishing you a holiday season full of peace, joy, and hope, but with the hope crossed out and then written in soap. (laughs) Peace joy, and soap. (laughs) That is
0: so cute.
1: Last year's gift was kind of a little lame on the pun side, but I think it was maybe appreciated gift. We gave clementines. I repackaged them into like a nicer bag. And the note said, orange, you glad it's Christmas. I mean, that's a little bit of a groaner, but I thought that they would appreciate the clementines. Totally. One year, we also gave a red box rental code along with a bag of microwavable popcorn and a note that said, Merry Christmas to all and to all a movie night. Oh, that's fun. I love that. I would love to get that. Yeah. And you can buy red box codes on their website they're just a dollar 75 a piece and then just attach it to the popcorn i have a printable for it linked on my blog and so i have a bunch of neighbor gift ideas on my blog these i've mentioned plus some other ones that we will link to in the show notes i'm not sure what i'm gonna do this year yet so i need to figure that one out
0: (laughs) oh my goodness So fun. Well, we love to do neighbor gifts too. We mostly do food every year. Some years the kids like to bake cookies. And that's a big one on our block, is just baking cookies and taking them around to everybody. A couple of other years I've done something more, a little bit more involved. One year I made the ingredients for doing like a DIY for hot buttered rum and gave them the dry ingredients and the recipe and then little mini bottles of rum that was a big hit that year. One year we made white chocolate popcorn. I'll see if I can find the recipe for that. That was really good. It was like popcorn and then you melt like white chocolate pour it over it. So it's like a salty sweet snack. Mm. And I put it in. Oh, it sounds great. It was so good. And I put it in huge like mason jars and we delivered those. So we usually, we almost always do some kind of consumable for our neighbors. I would like to do consumables of homemade food for our teachers. But I think some teachers get a little skeeved out, frankly, and I don't blame them with homemade food for gifts because you just, you never know. You've got a big
1: class full of kids and you don't know what kind of kitchen (laughs) these things were made in. I've heard that. Yes. They're not always the most appreciated. (laughs) Well,
0: I mean, different people are going to have different tolerances for it, I think. I know from my sister being a teacher that consumables of some kind are always appreciated. I mean, gift cards for sure. Last year, I was in a crunch for time and I just went to Trader Joe's and got all of the teachers Trader Joe's gift cards because we have one that's so close to our kids' campuses. I thought they could stop by after school at some point. At Trader Joe's, you could grab, for yourself, you could get a bottle of wine, you could get skincare products, you could get food, whatever. And those were really well-received. Now, I have done something in the past that now I realize maybe was not always the best thing to do because some people are really sensitive to scents. Either they just don't like them or they can give them headaches. So in the past, I have given from like Growth Collaborative, either done candles from there or hand sanitizer, lip balms, those types of things, which I do think a lot of teachers do appreciate. But I have heard from teacher friends, be careful with the scented things just because it may not hit the mark for them.
1: Yes, smells and scents are a very personal thing. So I can see that being an issue. But the Grove Collaborative hand sanitizer is a great idea. And I was actually considering that maybe I might do that for teacher gifts this year. It's a good one. It's a
0: very good hand sanitizer, too. I really like that one. We always have it around here. So what are some of the teacher gifts that have been hits for you guys?
1: Most recently went with Amazon gift cards. You know, like, you just can't fail with that. I've done Lindor truffle chocolates before, too. I had a teacher friend tell me that that's really nice because it's not the homemade stuff that some people get a little freaked out by. Yes. And it's something small that she could keep in her desk and just kind of nibble on one after lunch. And they're a little bit more special than, like, a Hershey's kiss or something. Those are two things that I've experimented with. I forgot I did those one year too. I did those little like gift
0: packages of those Lindor mm-hmm. truffles. And man, when I was teaching, I loved stuff like that. But I think the big thing with teachers, with consumables, especially in the younger grades, a lot of times they're getting so much stuff and it may end up just kind of cluttering their house. So if it's something that can be used up like a gift card or a little sweet treat like that or a bottle of wine, <laughs> then all the better for teachers, I think. Okay. Well, Rebecca and I each have read through all of the comments. There were so many comments, you guys. People love to talk about their family traditions. So each of us have picked out a few that we wanted to highlight and share with you all from the Awesome Hangout group when we asked, what are your favorite family holiday traditions? So Rebecca, why don't you kick us off with some of your selections?
1: I had so much fun reading these. First, I'm going to choose one from Meg. She's Not you. Different Meg. (laughs) Different Meg. She says, my family eats Pizza Hut every year on Christmas Eve. (laughs) Wasn't this one so good? I love this. She says, the backstory, when my parents were first married, they didn't have the money to fly home to Washington, D.C., and they were stationed in a tiny town in Missouri. To make my mom feel better, my dad promised to take her out to eat on Christmas Eve. The only place that was open was Pizza Hut. They and eventually we have gone back every year of my parents' 35 year marriage. (gasps) Oh my gosh. So precious. I
0: loved that one. So cute. It's so so funny how those traditions can form. Kyla and I have a tradition not related to the holidays, but we always have shrimp on our anniversary because we honeymooned at South Padre Island down in the Gulf of Mexico. We. We were so young, you guys, when we got married. I turned 21 on our honeymoon, is how young we were. And we decided one day, we were too young to rent a car, you see. And this was long before Uber and Lyft existed. So we had to walk everywhere from our resort. And we decided, since there was a little kitchenette in our resort, we decided one night that we would cook something. And long story short, it took us forever to walk back and forth in the stifling heat. To this grocery store, but years later, we always thought it was so funny. So now we celebrate with shrimp every year. So it's just so funny how sometimes these little traditions form and you just carry them on through the years. I love it. One that I loved is from awesome Tammy. And she said, For starters, my sister and I decided when we became adults that there was no way we were going to miss out on stockings. So we fill stockings for each other, which I love. I love that because so often, When you're the grown-up, you get overlooked with all the fun. So I love that they decided, let's just do it for each other. She said that on their Christmas day, there's no dinner. They just heat up frozen hors d'oeuvres throughout the day. Whenever you get hungry, they slouch around and play games. Here's my favorite thing that Tammy's family does. The best part of the whole dang day, she says, is Christmas quiet time from two to four. No one on any type of device, everyone must be quiet. The adults typically nap. And then she wrote, got to sleep off those Irish coffees for breakfast. Tammy, you're my kind (laughs) of lady. Cheers. And the kids read or play a quiet game together. We look forward to Christmas quiet time every year. I may be stealing that from Tammy's family. I think it's brilliant. brilliant.
1: Yes. Brilliant. I wrote that one down too. That one was a good one. Yes. Another one that I absolutely love is from Kat. She says, we plant candy canes at some point every December. She says, I find, in quotes, some candy cane seeds, which are Tic Tacs. Oh, my gosh. And we plant them <laughs> in a dirt pot. So cute. Minty seeds, if you want peppermint candy canes, and fruity seeds, if you want fruity candy canes. Oh, my gosh. We put them on the kitchen table. You have to water them with snow, but ice cubes will work if you don't have any snow. Uh-huh. After a few days, candy canes will grow up out of the soil. I don't remember how or when we started doing this, but it's one of my boys' favorite traditions every year. Oh
0: my gosh. It is so cute. I love it. And that's a really like low intensity tradition to start. You know what I yes. mean? Yes. Tic Tacs and candy canes, you can get them at the checkout at the grocery store.
1: <laughs> I want to do this.
0: This is so much fun. I think I may do that with the twins this year. That sounds like so much fun. I think they'll get a kick out of it. Okay. Here's one from Awesome Corey. This is something that I would never want to do because this is on the high intensity level of energy you got to put into it, but it does sound amazing. So I just want to shout out my appreciation for this. So Corey says, our friend group has an annual Christmas decorating competition we call the Christmas Crawl. Each house makes a snack, a drink, and decorates based on their own theme. She said people get pretty intense about it. Past themes include the Chronicles of Narnia with a wardrobe full of coats built over the front door and a food item for each of the four children in the story. The Nightmare Before Christmas, including gingerbread skeletons, lots of black light paint and a black Christmas tree, and a very tiki Christmas with flaming tiki drinks and sugar cookies colored like Hawaiian shirts. At the last house, we have a white elephant exchange and award prizes for the best house of the year. It's pretty much the best night ever. I have to say that sounds amazing. (laughs) I want to go, but I'm not going to decorate my own house. So,
1: Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. I feel the same way. Yes. Well, I have one more and it fits into that same exact category of I love it, but no. Yeah. 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 (laughs) This is from Katie Lee. We have a Polar Express night sometime in December every year. I love this one. It is by far my most favorite thing to do for our boys. It brings the magic alive. She says we put the boys to bed. About five minutes later, we surprise them by putting a phone under the door to loud train sound audio clips from YouTube. My husband calls out all aboard and announces there are golden tickets under their pillows. They pull them out. They jump out of bed and come out to the hallway, which is lit up with Christmas lights in the form of train tracks down the hallway and all the way down to the basement. We have a big giant bed set up on the floor. I've made fresh popcorn and I make super special hot chocolate that I bring down during the epic hot chocolate scene. We snuggle and watch the movie together and it is pure magic. Oh my gosh. Meg. Yes. (laughs) I read this and I started crying. Yes, me too. <laughs> did you
0: really? I really did. I almost chose that one. I'm so glad that you did because that is a lot of magic. A lot of work goes into creating that. So,
1: literal tears started coming out of my eyes. I thought this is the most precious thing. I am so impressed. I'm also so glad that she is not my sister or my sister in law. <laughs> this is really intense. <laughs> How are they putting up train track Christmas lights within five minutes of their kids being tucked into bed?
0: I know. I wondered the same thing. I was like, how they must have their train track game down flat. I mean, just to be able to roll it out. And there you go.
1: The logistics of this. If she does not keep these golden tickets year after year, I'm going to be so mad. I mean. I don't understand how she has the energy to do any of this. This is amazing. So
0: amazing. Great. So great. Well, I have one more to share as well. And this is like a such a shout out to everybody who has December birthdays, especially Christmas day birthdays. So Awesome Carrie says that her son was born on Christmas day. And so they created a tradition of celebrating Christmas all morning and his birthday all afternoon. And then she said where the magic really happens is that every year they go to the Waffle House for his birthday supper. Because first of all, it's open. It's away from the house. And she said it's a surprisingly festive place, given that it's usually filled with lonely souls and orphaned international students. She said when they go, they bring at least two dozen birthday cupcakes with them. And the birthday boy, her son, gets to pass them around the restaurant to and to all of the folks working in the kitchen. So here you are, you're working on Christmas Day. Somebody brings you a cupcake because it's their birthday. I love that. So precious. She said, over the years, our meal has sometimes been paid as a surprise by other patrons. She said, one year, a line cook came out to eat cupcakes with them and gifted their five-year-old, it was the year he turned five, with a crisp $5 bill. And I just thought that that was so sweet. I mean, I know December birthdays can be so tricky, especially Christmas Day birthdays. And I love that Carrie's family has just leaned into it. And like, we are fully celebrating this kid's birthday, even if it's on Christmas Day. So it's really beautiful. Very awesome. Okay. Well, you guys, thank you. First of all, if you shared your story on that thread, Thank you. It filled my heart with so much holiday joy reading through all of those. And I know so many awesome said they loved reading those as well. We're going to have a lot of links to share in the show notes. So make sure that you check those out. Rebecca, if people want to talk all things holiday tradition with you, where can we find you all around the web?
1: You can find my blog at simplyrebecca.com, where I talk about homemaking and parenthood from a frugal and green perspective. And you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at simplyrebecca.
0: Okay, you can find me on social media at Sorta Awesome Meg. You can find the show over on Twitter at Sorta Awesome Pod. And you can find us anytime on Facebook at facebook.com slash Sorta Awesome. You guys, thanks so much for listening and we'll see y'all next time. Sorta Awesome was created and is hosted by me, Meg Teets. Sarah Robertson is our assistant producer and production collaboration comes from Kelly Gordon and Rebecca Hoffer. Kelly Gordon is our digital media producer and we are so thankful for the ongoing support from our listener supporters. Music is provided by the band Prager. You can find more of Progger's music at proggermusic.com. To find show notes on this and every episode of Sorta Awesome, and also to spread the Sorta Awesome love to all of your friends, you can head on over to sortaawesomeshow.com.